Let her rip. All right. <laughs> hey, brother. How you doing? <laughs> Great to uh, see you. And Likewise, it's been man. A while. It's, been it's, a while. it's been quite a while. And I would say right Any about movie. 30 years. Yeah, well, yeah. Who, but who's counting? But yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> so funny. Man. I think then we were two. I think right. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe not even born yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> so, what was I going to say? Something. Funny. <laughs> I was going to say something funny, but you know, yeah, I, I kind of lost it. <laughs> um, okay. It was something about oh, Edmonds. Ed, yeah, I think that's that's when I uh, I last heard from you. Um, I was running that company, Net Music. And oh, yeah. you sent an email and we talked about that a little bit. Um, and that company yeah. kind of crashed and burned. So Yeah, yeah. Well, it happens, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, and and that's when I first found out you were doing music stuff. Like I had no idea. I, at least I don't think I did at that point at all. I th- I mean, my interaction with you, if I remember correctly, was in school, like back in the day, right? So Right. Like, didn't I see you at a school assembly playing with a band? No, 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 no bands. Um, okay, but I'm sure I did something stupid. Like, yeah, well, something stupid. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Unlike me, right? I never did anything stupid, so it's fortunate. <laughs> right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So anyway, that that kind of sent me down this rabbit hole of of uh, you know doing some research on you and whatnot, and then um, I kind of forgot all about it until you know just. Well, a couple of years ago, you 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 were posting something about Georgia, yeah. You know, and, and I've I've always wanted to you know to spend some time in Georgia, so I think that's so that sent me back down the rabbit hole, and you know here we are. Yeah, here we are. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm just yeah. We I actually applied with the whole family applied for a nomad visa since there's there's mm-hmm. like like what I do is I play and I okay I teach a little bit also and I play and I play with other people, I play my own band, or solo, whatever, and I play in venues, and mm-hmm. all the venues are shut down. So right. there's no particular reason for me to be right now in a city, a big city, where there's none of the cultural things of a city. There's mm-hmm. no museums, no shows, no cool cafes, no cool restaurants you can go to. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, we decided there's no real point right now until COVID's over. So we actually applied for nomad visas Mm-hmm. because Georgia's closed because of COVID, but right. if you get a Nomad visa, like say you work online, which I do, I play mm-hmm. concerts occasionally, like for example, this coming Saturday. <laughs> and um, Go ahead. I mean, push yourself all you want, man. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm just saying on this Saturday, I have a Facebook live show because, you know, I don't play and I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so this will be my second. Uh, well, I did Instagram live show uh, a little before Thanksgiving and now I'm going to do... Um, uh, this Saturday, a Facebook live show. I got some cool percussionist and amazing saxophone player. And we'll do, we'll do a, a set. Mm-hmm. Um, but the point is like, but there's no real audience. So it's, it's still strange, even though that's better than nothing. Um, right. So we're going, we're going to go to the Republic of Georgia and we're going to stay there for a few months. Uh, beautiful food, beautiful wine, wonderful people in history. And it's something different than just being always at home in LA <laughs> where all the parks, yeah. are closed, all the swimming pools are closed. Nothing, you know, so that's actually where we're going to go. It's an amazing mm-hmm. place and we have a lot of friends there. So yeah. hopefully I'll be able to play there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, um, last year, I think a little over a year ago, I guess, um, actually put down a deposit on a condo in Batumi. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> cool. I didn't seen, um, I ended no, up I not going through with it, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's fascinating and it's still oh, cheap, nice, you know, it's right cute. on the black sea, just, yeah. you know, beautiful. Beautiful. fantastic parties 
amazing yeah. food. Oh, you should go through with it. You, you're not going to. You put a deposit. I no, but they gave it back to me. So oh. it was it was one of those I had like 72 hours or you know whatever. And, oh, and after see. after sleeping on it, I was like probably shouldn't have done that. <laughs> it's like getting drunk and getting a tattoo right right but but in, on a slightly larger scale right you yeah. buying a condo in a foreign country um well you wouldn't regret it honestly but there is <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it's gorgeous that's for sure um and that was my plan a year and a half ago was to uh just because i you know work remotely just live wherever it doesn't matter yeah yeah you know? absolutely well that's honestly a good idea it's cheaper to live there the food is awesome. The mm -hmm. wine is great. The people are great. A lot of culture. That's what, that's yeah. part of the, it's the thing. It's like all the goods. I mean, it's not a very practical place, like not a lot of work. Mm -hmm. If you're there, I mean, you know, like work uh, for Georgians, let alone for somebody else, unless you're a specialist. But, um, but in terms of the, the life, mm -hmm. you know, the things like food and drink and parties and friends and things like that. Right. It's wonderful. It's really, yeah, wonderful. that's what I heard. I did. <laughs> I had a friend who went there on a uh, an extended ski vacation. Yeah, this is like two years ago, three years ago, um, and he was having you know a good time. Yeah, and then he was at you know a bar, and the, the story's a little bit murky, but but he got jumped or something like that outside the bar, yeah, and he had. And it's funny, it wasn't even by Georgians. It were, I think they were no. Ukrainians or something like that. Anyway. Yeah, it wouldn't be you Georgians then, no. <laughs> yeah, so he gets jumped. By Ukrainians? And, huh? By Ukrainians? By Ukrainians? I know. Imagine really that. weird. <laughs> yeah, they're not violent or anything. Um, anyway, so he gets jumped, and he had been skiing earlier that day, and he had a, a, like a, a flare pistol oh, God. in his jacket. <laughs> yeah. So he fired it. Right outside of the bar and the georgian police did not take kindly to that particular act yeah um you know and and i, I forget all the details but they charged him with something and but yeah. they let him go yeah. but he was stuck in georgia for like eight months or something like that <laughs> right you couldn't leave they had taken his passport you know like good shit. um he was he was like trying to figure out if he could get his way to um armenia you mm -hmm. know, somehow you know legally cross the border somewhere yeah it was just crazy shit. You know, in the very end, they basically were like, okay, you can go now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, no charges filed, nothing. Just, okay, you can go. Yeah, they're pretty hospitable people. That's why I was going to say he got jumped. I was like, no way is it Georgian. But yeah, <laughs> that's why I was like, yeah. But then it also sounds funny. Like I was in Georgia and I got jumped by a bunch of Ukrainians. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. Like, exactly. I, like I, I was I, in New York I, and a bunch of Chinese guys jumped me. It's like, yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, I, I yeah. Actually, I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but I lived in, in Tokyo for a while. And mm. um, one night I was out drinking with some friends and this, uh, uh, you know, like the, the girls who try to sell liquor and whatnot, you know, they, they don't do it so much in the U.S. anymore, but they certainly yeah. do in throughout Asia. Sure. So these three girls come in and they were selling Jameson or something like that. And um, they were asking also the table because we were all expats. Um, asking us where we were from and whatnot. And I just said, Mongolian. You know, I'm Mongolian. <laughs> and I shit you not, one of the girls looks at me and starts speaking spooky, fluent <laughs> Mongolian back to me. Well, I was yeah. like, fuck. <laughs> you know? Not so, not so far away. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, be careful. <laughs> so the Japanese aren't really known for, for learning other languages, you know, English, of course, but yeah. they're not. 
you know. Sure. They're pretty, a pretty influenced society. Well, that's nothing. Let me tell you this story, okay? Oh, good. So I was in a Vladivostok, Russia. Mm-hmm. I was playing with my friend Mario Butkovich. We were playing for the Vladivostok Film Festival. Uh, they flew us out there, and it was pretty amazing. And for those who don't know, it's on the Sea of Japan. So right. they have amazing seafood there. And uh, we went to, we were in the VIP section of our friend's huge band called Mumitrol. And we were just in the VIP section, you know, and uh, we were like, oh, let's get a drink. It was an amazing scene, cool club and everything, people dancing, amazing sights, mm-hmm. beautiful women, everything. And we go to the bar, the VIP bar, not the regular bar. And we start meet this like Russian girl. She's like, oh, where are you from? I want to go to America. Blah, blah, blah. And, and, I, and I said something to the effect because she said, like, it seems so great there. And I said, yeah, some parts are really great. Some parts are kind of sad. She's she's means like, what do you mean? I said, some some places are really kind of depressed, like, you know, poor, boarded up windows, like shops, you know, kind of depressed area. Check this out. So she says, like, where? And I said, like, for example, Jacksonville, Florida. (laughs) So check this out. I'm in the bar of a VIP in Far East Russia, Mm -hmm. VIP bar. Right. And I say that word and a guy behind me says, hey, I'm from Jacksonville. What's wrong with Jacksonville? (laughs) I'm like, no, that's not possible. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. I I think I think I can actually talk that one. And then then maybe we can move on from travel stories. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. so, like I said, I was living in Tokyo and one day I had a, a job interview or something like that. So I was out and I was trying to find a bar or something to like sit in and um, as you know, in, in, in Asia, they don't open their bars until like, you know, seven, seven o'clock at night or whatever. And it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. So I find this little bar. I go in. I'm the only customer. There's a little blonde girl behind the bar. And, I, you know, I was like, OK, well, it was it was in Rapungi, you know, which is like where all the, the gaijin are anyway. So I was like, OK, not that weird. Um, so we're sitting there talking and she asked me where I was from. And I said, oh, you know, originally I grew up in northern Idaho, right? And she said, oh, my God, I grew up in Montana. I was like, okay, that's weird. So we talk a little bit more. And I was telling her some story, and it was like the first girl I kissed, or for whatever reason, you know, we were having this conversation. And I said the girl's name. It was, I think, Monica or something like that. And she said, oh, my God. And she describes her, and she said, that's my cousin. True fucking story, man. Like I, I was like, it, it, it was one of those moments where I wish somebody else was around, you know. Okay, check it out. Oh, okay, you good. Just triggered a memory, and it's a good one. I try. It's not boring. It's a good one. So check it out. I just realized I beat it myself. Check it out. <laughs> so we were. I was playing. This sounds wild, but there was a Mexican music and cultural festival in Perm, Russia, mm-hmm. and I was a part of that because I have a kind of a name in Russia, and they know me as this Mexican American guy. Blah blah blah. So. And I have a thing going on in Mexico. So they brought me Mexican government with the uh, culture, the cultural part of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're playing the shows, we're rocking. And, and in, between the, in between the festival days or whatever, in the daytime, they bring artists to different areas. Like for, for example, rural f- areas or areas with beautiful like wooden houses or something, you know, different like field trips, if you will. Mm-hmm. And these girls that I've been hanging out with and this one Mexican girl, she's kind of like a redhead, blue-eyed Mexican girl. And uh, she was singing in a band too. And, you know, we, we party several nights in a row, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Her name was Camila. 
And so we're, we're hanging out we're on the bus. We're going, and this is in rural Ural Mountain, Russia. Right. She's, and she's from Puerto Vallarta. And we're hanging out and she, we talk and she's like, you ever been to Puerto Vallarta? And I said, yeah, as a matter of fact, I was there. The first time was interesting. My a friend of my father's had a friend in Puerto Vallarta. So he owned a cafe. So they said, this is my early 20s, you should go down, bring a guitar, play in the cafe. And she's looking at me like, and I said, yeah, it was like <laughs> a, something like Cafe Corona. And she's like, Calle Corona? I was like, yeah. And she said, what was the, what was the guy's name? I said, uh, 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 Wences. And she's like, <laughs> that's my father. Oh, that's so funny. So I stayed on their couch mm -hmm. when she was little, like whatever, 10 years old. That's so funny. And, and I was playing guitar. She said I was the one who kind of inspired her to play music because I was playing all the time in the living room. That's and incredible. It's so crazy. <laughs> but in rural Russia on a bus right, yeah. going by the Ural Mountains. So anyway, I, I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I could tell one more about being in Bangkok and at the yeah. airport and somebody we actually went to high school with, and I can't think of his name to save my life, but um, he was working at the Burger King at the Bangkok airport. Yeah. I was like, I, you know, I mean, of all the random shit, you know, I didn't even say hi because it was it was like so shocking. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. how do you start that conversation? You know, because <laughs> my first question would be, how the fuck did you end up here? Like, you <laughs> yeah, know, right? that's, cool. I mean, that's what I love about life. You never know. Like, how does that happen? Yeah. Um, but it's funny, you know, the, the, the last thing I'd ever heard from this guy is I forget it was a text message or something. And um, he had sent, I'm going to go kick it with the monks in Nepal. That was <laughs> it. And then nobody heard from him for like, you know, 20 years. <laughs> so, yeah, he's not kicking it with the monks. But, you know, I mean, at least he's close to Nepal. He's, he's getting close. closer. Yeah, he's close. <laughs> <laughs> then again, that was almost 20 years ago. So, I mean. Right. God, now, no. who knows? Now, maybe he's the manager. He might be the Dalai Lama. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Or, or the Dalai Lama for all the. Yeah, or the Dalai Lama. One of the... <laughs> you know, it's it's, you know, who knows? Okay, uh, so travel, which is a great little segue into into you know your music stuff and whatnot, and um, you certainly traveled a lot. You know, you've, yeah, you've been around. Yeah, well, the music, the music, uh, well, the music allows me to travel and pays me to travel and informs everything that I do also. So it's mm -hmm. a, a circle. I don't really separate them in a way. Yeah. You know, and plus you, you get to meet so many amazing people like in culture, like, you know, for example, musicians or sports people, whatever, or, or politicians. I meet like really, I meet the ambassadors of countries, the US ambassadors of That's many great. different countries. I played at 4th of July celebrations in Estonia and Russia, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, for the US embassy, like I meet all these State Department people, secret mm -hmm. servicemen. Nice. they come to my shows pretty cool you know yeah that, that's actually great yeah um, and, and in some cases they're probably like what the fuck is an american doing in you know the, the ural mountains for example like you know yeah what's well, that all moscow. about this was moscow moscow but still i mean it was cool and most all, all of the secret service guys were from texas at least the ones i met huh. yeah that's interesting. interesting it was fun it was fun that was uh for i forget the name of the ambassador that was a while ago but it was before our tour we were just warming up and I played for the ambassador's birthday party on a boat, a big boat. Oh, that's, on the great. that's great. So, yeah. yeah I, I remember a story and again, details are murky as hell. Um, <clears throat> and I promise we're going to get more into your music here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Just, yeah. Um, 
about some guy who who was in I forget the country. It was like I forget some some Moldova or something like that. You know, Moldova. one of those countries that nobody goes to. Yeah. Um, and it turned out that the the I want to say it's the president of the country owned this guy's CD, and he was like this completely unknown <laughs> whatever. So he was like he was like royalty while he was yeah, there, he, right? Yeah. Yeah. And he had no idea. You know, the guy had sold like 200 CDs in his entire life. Like he didn't yeah. know. But, you know, one was to the president of Moldova. So. Hey, you know, that's something really cool about like the, the, the famous quote, I think, attributed to Jesus is no man is a prophet in his own land. That's very true. You Actually, know, so, that's very true. Yeah. So it's like I'm a much bigger deal in Eastern Europe than I am in the U.S. I mean, that is kind of in part just the way i like it but i mean yeah. i'm just saying it's not like by design it just right. it just sort of happened that way you know yeah. <laughs> do you know that the band uh culture shock from yes, seattle of course. yeah okay my, i figured you would you would my, my best same. friend is basically well for many years was one of the fan the fa one of the guys the main guys mario butkovich he's oh okay okay he's like my best friend i've known him for, oh that's awesome yeah since 97 we were drinking together <laughs> <laughs> see i i know the only one i know is is val and of uh -huh. course, you know, he's legendary, you know, bar manager of the crocodile and, and yeah. at the off ramp and whatnot. Um, anyway, so, they're interesting because they're the exact same way, you know, like they can sell out, you know, a thousand seats in Seattle. Right. Yeah. I've, I've seen some of those shows. Sure. Um, they go to like Yugoslavia, <laughs> you know, and, and they're selling out like 25,000 seats. Sure. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, in a way, it's like the U.S. provides a, a, a space of, of kind of like a neutral space, a space of mm -hmm. peace, and then you go overseas and have this other existence and then come back. It's it's fun. Well, there's so much weird backbiting and whatnot and, and this sort of uh, um, push for celebrity that happens in the U.S. Yeah. Whereas it's not so much – actually, I can't think of anywhere where, um, you know, fame – in the U.S., fame is sort of like a, a – that's really the American dream, right? Like everybody wants to be famous. Yeah. There's a really great quote by this woman years ago, this singer, she said something like to me, like one time in a conversation, like, like that she was being sarcastic. Like she was, we were watching somebody else sing. Mm -hmm. And she said like, wow, I'm so threatened by her success. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's... she was being sarcastic, but it was a great quote. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, and it, well, it's a great trope because it or a great quote because it, it's true. I mean, yeah. you know, like so many people are that way, you it's know, like a zero sum game for them. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. I've certainly struggled with it. You know, it's like when I when I every once in a while, like, you know, pity party or whatever. And I'll go out and like, you know, search people. Right. Because, you know, there's, yeah. there's that, that sick part of me who hopes that they're, you know, destitute, <laughs> you know. And then you find somebody random, you know, like some some, you know, stupid fucking jock dude, you know, from from high school who's, yeah, yeah. you know, president of a venture capital firm in Germany, you know, like it just it, that just makes you be like, fuck, man, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like the, the world is not fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's never been. <laughs> yeah. So music stuff, I, I swear we're going to stay on topic here. Yeah. Um, so when did you first like started touring and, and stuff like that? Like, I mean, well, I remember like in the, in the mid well, late nineties, I was, I was revving up a lot 
uh, it was still the age of sending out CDs to clubs and sending right. out letters and promo and photos and doing follow-up phone calls. Mm -hmm. And that was probably like 97, 98. And I started doing regional touring around 98. Uh, but, you know, of course, it's the West Coast, nor Northwest, so it's harder. So we did, you know, Portland, uh, uh, like Eastern Washington a little bit. Um, Ashland once. Oh, uh, I love Ashland. Eugene, like three times I played a college festival there. Started doing the colleges and played a lot in Seattle. Had a pretty good following um, in the early 2000s. I was playing a bumper shoot like six or seven times. I did a lot of that stuff. Oh, wow maybe six times. I don't remember exactly, but the point is I did the Jimi Hendrix guitar competition there. It was oh, fun. Um, did folk life festival several times. I was doing pretty well. And, uh, and then I decided to move to LA cause I, I didn't <laughs> know what else was there for me in Seattle. Of course I love Seattle, but it was, mm -hmm. it felt like a, I used to say like a warm gray fuzzy blanket that just goes over you and you're comfortable and you don't move out. Right. So I just needed to be like in a meaner place. So I know people don't think of LA as a mean place because it has like palm trees and sunshine, but, <laughs> right. um, but it's actually a really mean place. So that's yeah. why I loved it. It was like really cruel and nasty with a smiley face. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> smiley, smiley, why they it's, stab you. It's where, where the, you know, the crack whore can actually lay out by the pool in her own apartment. Right? Yeah. So it's like this fantasy world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's pretty crazy, but it's good because man, a lot of people move here from all over the world who are really talented. So you got to up your game. So it's really, in that sense, it's really great because I'm inspired to like, because of that, like, Oh, that person, mm -hmm. that's a good singer. Wow. Okay. I got to work on, you know, it gets you going. Right. Um, so that was happening for a while. And then something interesting happened. Um, in 2003, I was going to, because I, I married a, beautiful Russian woman and you mm -hmm. know we're here in LA and a friend of a friend sent my disc I think La Danza to uh to her friend who was the number one pop music critic in Russia by far he's like mm -hmm. all the top writers you can think of combined in the former Soviet republics and he's like editor-in-chief of he was like associate editor of Russian Playboy of Rolling Stone and I mean everything oh, he's wow. like he has a tv show he's radio shows Artemy Troitsky, he's like a, the biggest deal there is. And you can look him up. He's pretty serious. And uh, he liked my CD and his wife liked my CD. So he contacted us, contacted us and said, hey, why don't I do some, I'll set up some shows for you. You know, you'd start, mm -hmm. you know, probably not a lot of money, in the, but maybe you can do a credit card or something and just come and we can build it up. I said, mm -hmm. yeah, let's do it. So I started, I did, came out and did four concerts in Moscow. Mm -hmm. I brought my friends, Dale Fanning, on the drums and and uh who's from the living daylights band oh, okay and uh my good friend and uh Tiej on the bass from several bands from seattle and my i've known him since we were like 18. Mm -hmm. i brought like my old school guys right? right you know not a lot of money but let's go in like soldiers mm -hmm. go in there and try to we'll and it was amazing a week or two in moscow you know and you're like you know yeah still young and like yeah this is oh it's awesome and we did four killer shows it was so fun we met all kinds of interesting people and then did it again two years later we're doing it mainly in the summers did it again two years later amazing i brought an extra player then started going every year mm -hmm. sometimes twice a year i'm on the radio there That's i'm on amazing. tv sometimes yeah um i started playing the far east 
Vladivostok, really? Nakhotka, Khabarovsk. Oh, man. Uh, Sakhalin Islands above Japan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah Amazing. People forget uh, how gigantic Russia is, right? I mean, it's just, it's fucking immense. 11 time zones. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's, that's why I've always wanted to do the Trans-Siberian Express, just so I could, yeah. you know, watch my eight, phone go days. backwards. I think it takes eight days. Yeah. yeah. But you can yeah. stop in each town. I think it's, yeah, eight days, seven nights or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it just, yeah. So I started playing, playing, playing. And then because I started playing in that part of the world, you know, there's some some press about what I do. And then, you know, in the in Seattle, there's press because mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, the Seattle guy, he's going around now and doing stuff. And uh, started playing in Spain a little bit, Mallorca mm -hmm. um, and and Republic of Georgia started playing there. Right. And uh, and then I got somehow through the I don't know, the the, the news, the, the grapevine. I got a call from uh, I got a call uh, back before. I didn't have a I didn't have an iPhone yet, so it's just like you know it said like uh, I got a call when I was in the morning I was getting coffee, mm -hmm. and uh, and it was like no caller ID you know, block <laughs> ID, and you're thinking like hmm, I mean it could be like I don't know junk what do you call it a, a solicitor or it could be something good so right. I picked it up, and and I heard this like uh, hello. Uh, for Omar Torres. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, this is a great story. And I remember thinking, that sounds like Tom Waits. <laughs> funny. And I was like, I know that voice. I was like, yeah, speaking. He's like, oh, uh, well, hey, this is uh, this is Tom Waits. Did I catch you at a good time? And I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to have my coffee. I just got it. So, I, yeah, this is a good time. <laughs> How are you doing? And he's like, oh, yeah. So we, we started talking. We talked for like an hour. He was telling me he was putting together a band for a tour. This is 2008. Mm -hmm. um i guess january or something 2008 and uh yeah for the glitter and doom tour and he asked me all kinds of questions about blah blah blah. he really enjoyed my playing he was asking me questions about what kind of blues i play right all that and because he loved my kind of he called it gypsy style whatever mm -hmm. uh, and, and stuff like that and and we spoke for a long time and then he called me again we had another long conversation then he flew me up like a month later to do an audition. I felt really good about the audition. It was mm -hmm. in the Bay Area. Right. Uh, I felt really good. I just knew. I, I just knew. You know why I knew? Because, of course, I respected him a lot. And I thought he was a great artist. But I was never really like a fan. Mm -hmm. So I didn't have this sort of accompanying nervousness. Right. It was more like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes perfect sense. I never thought. I had friends who are big fans and we listened to it at night drinking wine and 5 a.m. you like put on Tom Waits. I go, that's perfect. That sounds good. Right. And when he called me, I was like, actually, that makes perfect sense because he, he does a lot of different styles and that's what I do. So it makes perfect sense. So I, yeah, I'm perfect for it. So I went up there, I did it. I did really well. They loved it. The whole team were like, that's great. He came out to me when I'm putting my guitar in the rental car. He's like, well, I suppose we'll be, you'll be hearing from us soon. I said, oh, okay, that's awesome, Tom. I had a really great time. Yep, they flew me up. I got the gig. That's awesome. I, so I lived up in uh, uh, near Sebastopol. Sebastopol, as they say in America, right. but because I go to Russia, it's Sebastopol. Sebastopol. <laughs> but um, uh, for like five weeks or, yeah, like five weeks, he did like a month of rehearsals. Then we did uh, uh, a week in Berkeley production rehearsals. Then we did a almost th three month tour. First, the American South basically only the south we did like arizona to like alabama and all that right and uh then we went to uh 
we went to Europe and that was of course lovely. Went to these beautiful <laughs> historical places and it was really funny there, the uh, Tom and Kathleen, his wife, they're like, so it's gonna take, cause we have to ship a lot of stuff, right? Right. So they had to do it by ship. So uh, they said to us, they asked the band, like, do you guys want to, um, it's going to take about, what did they say, three or four days? I forget what they said, five days to ship it. Do you guys want to stay in Atlanta for three or four days or you want to go to Barcelona? <laughs> We're like, <laughs> hmm, let me think about that. Let's see here. Uh... <laughs> so funny. Or San Sebastian, actually. Sorry, but that's, that's oh, even even better. Yeah. <laughs> so so that was amazing. So it was like, you know, we arrive in San Sebastian on a, on a Sunday mm -hmm. at like in the daytime. So nothing is open, right? It's a Sunday well, well, in Spain. You no, know, I mean, or maybe it was Monday. I don't remember that part. This was a while ago. <laughs> and uh, um, full bank account. <laughs> oh, that's great. And uh, they. First work is Friday afternoon. So wow. we're like, okay, San Sebastian, we got money. Love it. Bass player Seth, he's like, calls me from a room, Mr. Torres, I think it's time to sample some Spanish wine. <laughs> Excellent proposition, Mr. Ford. <laughs> <laughs> did, did Tom come along during this or was he like still back in the No, state? he doesn't do that anymore, so. Oh, okay. He's a so teetotaler. He, well, I mean, he, he, for, for, for a while he wasn't so right. yeah so yeah i guess he he probably needs to now so yeah you know um so here's a question i've i've always wondered about yeah. tom waits how much does he smoke or does he smoke i think it, not anymore i think yeah so his his voice obviously is is distinctive as fuck yeah and he, um, he, he did a lot of work on it earlier in the 80s so you know i think it's do you think he it's he, a used instrument now he worked to make it sound that way. Is that what you're saying? Well, I guess you could say that. Okay, I'm sorry. I didn't. I didn't mean to like pin you in a corner. Like, yeah, I don't I, want to go too I, much into him because I know he doesn't like you know. Yeah, no, that's fine. Privacy, that's fine. but yeah, I mean, um, you could talk. Yeah, you know. And um, you know, m much like yourself, I I have always enjoyed Tom Waits, but I don't think I've ever actually owned a Tom Waits album. Yeah, I just I do enjoy it whenever I hear it come on. Yeah. Usually it comes on in the right moments. The, the person has the right instincts and puts it on. You're like, that's right. perfect. <laughs> right. It's same with like morphine, right? Like people oh, yeah. who, who really actually listen to the lyrics of morphine. Um, they're, they're a pretty interesting group of people. Right. Yeah. I mean, just like, just like feel that weird, the, the pain and the rawness and, you know, yeah. you're um, right. Yeah. When, when Mark Sandman died, I was, I was really upset. I mean, like, really yeah. upset, you know. Um, There's a lot of deaths in the last five years in music, a lot of big ones. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, Sandman died doing, I, I, it's not funny, but I'm I'm laughing because I think it, it's kind of perfect. You know, he died on stage, right? Yeah. Like, he was in Rome doing a, a show that he said, if I remember right, you know, he, he had been saying, like, you know, I don't want to tour anymore. Like, this is it. Well, it was it. You know, like he did the show in, in Rome and yeah. you know, died on stage. Well, that is, yeah, it's true. It is perfect. I mean, everyone goes eventually. May as well go doing what you love. So, yeah, right. if you yeah. can, not most people can't, but. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. but I just want to say, I was just going to circle back to the Tom Waits thing that 
aside from giving me a sort of amazing uh, new perspectives on music mm -hmm. uh, and, the, and, the, and the sensitivity to textures of instruments, very deep sensitivity to textures. Mm -hmm. Then also it boosted up my career considerably internationally. Oh, of course. Yeah. So like uh, Mexico started calling. I started playing festivals in Mexico. Of course, Russia became a bigger deal. Mm -hmm. um, so that really, I had a pretty good uh, early 2010s. I was, I was rocking. <laughs> I was rocking. You know, I, you know, I kind of did too. I, I went through divorce number one right uh -huh. around that time. Okay. Um, which was actually a sad divorce, but you know, um, yeah, I was, I was doing okay, you know, at least from like 2006 to 2008 or nine. But anyway, luckily this isn't about me cause I'm not really interesting. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to circle back to, to the phone calls that you got. Yeah. Um, and I also want to be really respectful because I, I do know that that, you know, Tom Waits is is extraordinarily privacy conscious, as, as you mentioned and whatnot. So I'm not going to ask some of the questions I want to. But um, <laughs> so you get this phone call. You're that that that, you know, incredibly distinctive voice, you know, come through and you hang up the phone. And what do you say? Well. I mean, I was with my wife at the time and she knew because I said, that's Tom Wade. So she's like, wow. <laughs> right. So, you know, she, she waited or, or we were close to the, our house in Venice. So mm -hmm. I, th I think she waited around or, or maybe she went back home. It was like a block away. I forget that part. It was like an hour conversation. No, I mean, I just, I just, uh, I was blown away, but I, I, I thought to myself, this is perfect. I think I mentioned earlier in the conversation here. Mm -hmm. It's perfect because even though I'm not some fanatic like fanboy, but I thought that's perfect. I would be perfect for him, even though I never thought of it before the conversation. Right. It's like, yeah, yeah that's totally what he needs. He needs someone who can play all kinds of different stuff. It's lots of vibe it, right? So I was Which, like, that's perfect. I didn't even think about it. He thought of me, fortunately. So, yeah. And I won out over a lot of people who auditioned. So, yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's it's incredible. <laughs> it I mean, what's the story of, of how he found you? Do you... That I know. He, okay. he, he said he was Googling up different combinations of guitarists. He kept, he kept Googling up um, gypsy blues, mm -hmm. uh, um, European blues, gypsy blues, Roma blues, Roma the people. Mm -hmm. which means gypsy, you know. Right. Um, he kept Googling stuff like that, and it kept coming up with my name near the top that's incredible so it's like okay well i better give this guy a call <laughs> and he listened to some tracks too uh, i forget how now probably on myspace back then i don't know <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah no it would have been yeah 2008, 2008 so yeah yeah, yeah. probably yeah. yeah so yeah <laughs> yeah there was stuff and probably online there was stuff too i, I don't remember that's oh i guess there was youtube also probably some stuff but mm -hmm. but yeah so he just googled kept googling and kept finding my name and face so that's incredible, yeah. man. Yeah, that was that was really, it really changed a lot of things for me. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, he's it, like a singular artist. Like he really focuses on, like many people, they artists they try to find a style and they try to perfect that style. Mm -hmm. And there's value in that. But he, 
doesn't see much value in that. He sees the value in listening to styles and then just completely transforming it into your style. And of course, mm -hmm. his own style is perfect because yeah. of his style. So as long as it's your style, it's perfect. Yeah. People are like it or they don't, but it's your style. Versus if you're trying to play in a style, then you, you compare yourself against the best who do that style. And mm -hmm. that's not usually a winning proposition unless you're, you know, incredible at it. Yeah. No, you know? So that's, there's a lot of wealth of, there's a lot of wisdom in that. So it, it's actually really good to hear that, that he's um, very hands-on, right? Because yeah. a lot of people, especially when it's their name as the name of the band, yeah. um, can be fucking assholes, right? Um, and I'd love to hear the fact that, that he was the one who was actually out there looking for videos to find his guitar player. You know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't just like ship it off to the manager or whatever, you know? Yeah, no, that wouldn't work with him. No, yeah. he's got a, it's all about emotion and vibe. I love it's that. All about I mean, vibe, not about something else. I love it. Yeah. So you, you do the tour, which is incredible. And, and I want to get back to just in, in just a couple of seconds here. But. Yeah. So you do the tour, you come off, you're probably like, you know, bouncing around, you know, cloud nine sort of thing. You're like, okay. Yeah. Um, and that, that was your first tour with like a, a, a major act, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have to live with the, or learn the realities of, of that. Well, it's interesting. It's really fun. Cause you know, we were at like this high level touring and, and, you know, he was selling at everything and, and we had like the the tour bus uh, guys. We had the tour buses from the previous Rolling. But their gig before us was the Rolling Stones. Mm. You know, so that's like the level of uh, you know, right? Uh, uh, support uh, infrastructure was uh, the Rolling Stones. I mean, you know what I mean. That's the level. And these tour buses are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> like lounges and everything. Uh, you're forever spoiled now, right? Oh, and it's hilarious. I never forget it. Like how. I ended up, the last gig was in Dublin. There was three gigs in a row and a big circus tent they made in Phoenix Park in Dublin. Uh, so amazing. And after the last show, it was deeply emotional. It was an amazing show. Even the rain was coming down to the giant tarp and it sounded so cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then, you know, then that, that was it. After, it was so weird. Like, oh, oh God, that was it. We were hugging each other and we were like, it was so <laughs> strange. We had a final nightcap, went to bed woke up and I was like, that's it. That was the crazy wow. thing. And then I said, I guess I'm going to book a flight out. So I booked a flight out and this is so funny. I was thinking, well, maybe I'll save money. My wife's in, in Paris waiting for me. So <laughs> maybe I'll just like, I'll save money. I'll book a Ryan ear. Ryan oh God. No, so no, it's no. really funny. So I'm used to like this giant tour bus and everything and <laughs> right. all these lounges and all the food and drinks and da da da. And, and I go on Ryanair where you have to pay to, I don't know, take a pee or something. Yeah, and, pretty much. And then they drop you in this bus that sits there in the heat because they had the heat on for like an hour, not moving and tiny space. And I'm like, wait, it was like a shock. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. I get that. Like I, I didn't that. have to do this level. I could have just done a normal flight, I guess. What was I thinking? You know? <laughs> it was a funny well, shock. And then I remember right. I had a gig like a week later in LA area and it was me and a percussionist and when the gig was over I was like oh my god I have to like put away all my cables and put my guitar in my case by yourself and carry the <laughs> amp to the car yeah, <laughs> like, no what's shit. going on this is so weird where is I forgot his name now 
I forgot his name. Chris, Mark, maybe. Mark, <laughs> can you take care of that for me? <laughs> sure, of course. <laughs> I won't. I, I hate editing shit, but okay. yeah. Oh yeah. my god, it was funny. It was like, a, yep, reality's back. But yeah, that was a, that was an amazing experience on many levels, and and the, and the level of production, uh, even just artistic production, meaning like planning and uh, focusing so on the details, not the details of every note, but the details of every vibe. Right. No, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're talking about a guy who's, you know, like there are a few singers, not not like him, but in the same sort of, of bucket, I would say, mm -hmm. who are technically not good singers, but they are. Right. Yeah. He's, he's definitely one of those. Yeah. Well, he focuses on that voice. So the voice is an instrument. Yeah. You know, whether or not one likes it, he still focuses on it and makes it a yeah, it's not just like throwing out lyrics. Right. It's it's he focuses on the sounds. So yeah, that's it's powerful. Definitely. And when he gets behind the piano, sometimes it's really amazing. Right. I, I've actually never seen him live. Um, oh, yeah, it's powerful. I've had many opportunities and just I don't know. I sat right I stood right behind him for like three months. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. If he'd look, he turned around, and look at me, like to go ahead play something. <laughs> it was really amazing. I can imagine. I can imagine. He's he's definitely an interesting character. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um. So when you're done with the tour, and you're kind of like, okay, was that a dream or, you know, whatever? Yeah, kind of that feeling. Um, and then you know, real life hap starts to happen. Um, what did you do from there? What well, happened? right away, I wanted to capitalize on this. So I, I, I wrote letters to different famous singers saying, Hey, if you need a guitarist, because I just got off the mm -hmm. road. Blah, blah, blah. And almost right away, I got a call from uh, this big promoter in Mexico saying, Hey, you know, let's meet you. Cause I, I think I mentioned, ah, they just called me. I think they were saying, can we talk to Tom? I'm like, no, I can't do that. That's not, you know. <laughs> right. And then I said, but I am coming to Mexico City. Maybe we can meet. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we met in a, a cool bar, uh, Bar Le Opera, which is an awesome place, 19th century bar that has holes from where Pancho Villa uh, shot two bullets into the ceiling before the revolution, before they took over the government. Oh, wow. Beautiful bar. Oh, that's like, crazy. Style from the 19th century. And we, we hung out, we had drank wine and talked all night. And they represented me they on a record label. They started representing me there. So that's mm -hmm. what I did. I started trying to exploit those opportunities. I started playing in Mexico a lot. And then Russia, my friend, Artemi Trotsky, is like, oh, we'll get me in more festivals. So I started playing more in Russia too. So I basically used what I could. Oh, and, and Mallorca in Spain, mm -hmm. the guy who, who oh, I met him in Barcelona because he's a huge Tom Waits fan, he has a festival called Waiting for Waits. Oh, that's that. <laughs> Again, yeah. you've got this weird kismet thing going on, man. Yeah. <laughs> like... And and he's... He lives in Mallorca, mostly, but he came to the Barcelona show and met with me backstage. Or was it back? I forget. He met with me. Mm -hmm. and, uh, he, and he said, well, you know, why don't you have... We'd love to have you play. At least we have a guitarist of Tom Waits play. So we hooked up a cool festival show in a, this beautiful old theater in Mallorca, in the old historic center. Oh, that's beautiful. So we flew there and played. It was pretty awesome. Does, again, because I know he's super private and whatnot, and yeah. um, how does he feel? Like, Because I'm sure the promoters of that show were like, 
oh, you know, we've got Tom Waits for guitarist, and and they probably had his name like huge, right? Oh, you mean the the waiting for Waits thing? No, no, it was my name. It was just that it said Tom Waits guitarist, guitarista de Tom Waits. I mean, yeah. But my question more was so was. I mean, for the the promoter of the Waiting for Waits festival? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the the whole name is Waiting for Waits of the festival. <laughs> right. That's, well, that's true. That's pretty big, so you don't need. Yeah. You know, I guess uh, that's true. It's yeah. True. Um, one thing that I, I'm always very careful of is um, promoting something based on on something like that, right? Yeah, you got to be careful, of course. Yeah. Um, but my question, I guess, more so was, you know, being a very private sort of person and and very guarded about um, his persona and you know, whatnot. Is that something do you think that would, that bothers him? Or no, no, he I think he thinks care? it's probably funny. Probably thinks it's funny. it's funny. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. All right. So you, okay. Getting back. So, so you're off tour with him and you yeah. start doing this other stuff. You, you, you do a lot of work in, in Mexico and whatnot. Um, where did you find the time to get your MFA? <laughs> Just out of curiosity, right? Because you're like you're like globe trotting and whatnot, but yet you you manage to get your MFA. Well, two things happened. One, a new Mexican president came in who did not support the arts as much, so that they dropped the budget a little bit for that. And Russia uh, started this sort of situation in Ukraine right. and the U.S. put a lot of sanctions against, and the West put a lot of sanctions against Russia, diminishing their economy. Which meant that their, the ruble for me was, was one-third the value. Mm -hmm. Or say like between 30 and 40% the value. Mm -hmm. So for example, Instead of like, say I make 2000 now, suddenly it's whatever, mm -hmm. 600 bucks. <laughs> so suddenly it was hard to tour there. Right. I mean, I could go by myself and hire people, but it's not, you know, it's hard. Oh God, you have to like rehearse like several times and it's mm -hmm. very hard. Even if you get great musicians, it's, you got to have the right vibe. Right. Um, and I'm thinking like, boy, the Mexican thing is slowed down a little bit. The Russian thing, because of politics, because of, international conflicts and wars is slowing down because of the money i'm going i better future proof myself <laughs> so yeah, i'm like absolutely. so i got what am i gonna do so i got well so i went and, and decided okay i uh i had a bachelor's degree in general studies from western washington university so my, my why don't we friend. go for it yeah why don't we go there's a great school here, CalArts. Mm -hmm. It's a great one. And so I applied to CalArts, got in. And uh, at first they're looking at my, like, well, he doesn't have a music degree. I mean, the video show he can play, yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and so they gave me all this stuff. Well, you have to date this and all that and that. And when I showed up and showed them what I do and what I know, they're like, oh, okay, well, you don't need this. You don't need this. You don't need this. So basically it's like, yeah, just a normal MFA. And it wasn't easy. <laughs> no, I can imagine. Oh my God, it wasn't easy. Um, it it was hard, not necessarily hard academically. Some parts were, of course, because I don't. There was always some. I had some blind spots, if you will, some areas that needed mm -hmm. boosting. My sight reading in classical music, for example, 
I boosted up my music theory by taking lessons privately from my friend Neil Desby, who's a professor at USC in music theory and composition. Oh, wow. So I did a lot of that stuff to boost my music theory, my sight reading, that kind of stuff I needed boosting. And uh, yeah, uh, it took me a little over two years and it was really hard, but it was good. I felt good because I essentially what I did because I like Cal Arts, instead of having me do just like practice and develop two and a half hours worth of like Baroque music or something, which mm -hmm. will have not much impact on my career. <laughs> right. In, instead, I had to do a little bit of that, but I, mm -hmm. yes, I learned, I, I did like three or four Bach pieces and so forth, a Schubert arpeggioni, mm -hmm. movement one, first movement. Uh, but generally I'm just taking all the things that I already do and going deeper into them. That's, That's what I did. Perfect. Yeah. So I had a wonderful mentor, Miroslav Tadic, who's from the same place as Mario Butkovic and some of the culture shock guys. He's Bosnian, oh, wonderful guitar player and super cool, open-minded and very intelligent. And he worked with me on what I do. Right. So that was, a, that was in that sense, beautiful. Well, again, it's, it's kismet, right? So yeah. you've got this, this knack for that, you know? And he just helped bring it out more. So now I'm like more dialed in and, and also less effort. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. I mean, the effort is in, in, in here, in what to do, but I'm removing the effort from the fingers. I'm putting it all in here, in here, in the heart. So it's, 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 it's removing the fingers. And, and you're, you're instructing there as well? I, right? I was until COVID. Oh, okay. Well, I, was yeah. an adjunct, I was an adjunct professor there, but COVID severely diminished the attendance and att of the school. Right. So right now they're not, they have a freezing, higher, a freezing, high, higher freezing. Wow, I can't right. speak. <laughs> That's okay. But I'm just saying, yeah, COVID is kind of a rough time all around. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. I am and... teaching uh, by the internet. I'm teaching by Zoom. I'm teaching by FaceTime. I'm teaching by that mm -hmm. stuff. And then, and then looking for playing opportunities. Oh, by the way, one thing about playing that led me to this too, by the way, I wanted to say Tom Waits. So maybe most of your listeners don't know but uh, Tom Waits is huge in Russia, huge, much bigger than he is in the U.S. But the biggest artist in Russia by far oh, is Boris, Boris Grabinchikov. Yeah, yeah. Everyone who's at least 20 knows who he is. He's huge. He's the biggest rock star. He's kind of like a Bob Dylan type. He's very lyrically intelligent. Mm -hmm. uh, he's got a gravelly voice. He's a super cool guy. He heard of me because of Tom Waits and through our high-end connections there. My friend who's a great promoter, Russian promoter, he got me to play a few songs with Boris Grabinchikov in Montenegro. Oh, that's incredible. And I played with it and he loved it. So right away, he's like, oh, you got to play with me again. So I played with him. He said, after I played, he's like, hey, have a gin and tonic with me. Okay, we go and we're on the beach in Montenegro. And he's like, I have this idea. I want to play in an underground cave in Israel. Is that something you would be interested in? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. a good time. <laughs> okay let's do it my manager be in touch and so yeah we worked out a deal and I, we played uh they flew us to uh, tel aviv and did a rehearsal in a stu music studio there and then the next day we they drove us to uh jerusalem checked into the hotel then we go it's zedekiah's cave it's the ancient quarry where they built old jerusalem it's under old jerusalem and also where the romans built the stone took stones mm -hmm. and the greeks to build the old city in the and the Crusaders also built stuff from it too. So right. it's a huge underground quarry. 
And that's where they did the concert. It was incredible. It was like beautiful oh lighting. My God. And we did two concerts in a row. I think it was like, I forget how many. I mean, not too many could fit in there, maybe like 1,200 at a time, mm-hmm. but something like that, 1,200, 1,500 at a time. Right. Or maybe 2,000. But the point is, it, it, it's it, finite space because it's not a normal theater, but it was right. awesome. And then he's like, yeah, I want to do it again. Let's do it again. He, we're going to do Goa, India, and uh, in Barcelona, and then COVID hit. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything canceled. <laughs> My Seattle show canceled. My LA show canceled. I had a show, a festival in St. Petersburg, Boris's festival in St. Petersburg, oh. in the town square, in front of the Hermitage. Right. Canceled. Oh. I'm like, man, this was going to be a good year, and it just. Yeah. No, I, 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 I know how that goes. Um, you know the 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 one saving grace of this entire year is I um after two divorces mm-hmm. <laughs> finally found somebody who I'm, I'm, you know, just head over fucking heels for. That's good. You know, but somebody I knew 30 years ago. Right. <laughs> and like suddenly just like, like reconnected about a year ago. Um, but yeah, but other than that, life is That's uh, great. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, that part thank is you. great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that part is great. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, but other than that, yeah, I mean, everything is, completely topsy-turvy right that's why i didn't want to go to georgia because at least i mean we've, we've been here with no activity for almost a year or whatever 10 months right. whatever that is. at least yeah. a change of scene you know yeah. what, <laughs> well no shit so like one of my uh i so my specialty when i actually have to work mm-hmm. is um you know basically helping startup companies like you know get from what i like to say like a to d uh-huh. And the rest is up to them, right? Uh-huh. So, like, I just kind of, kind of come in and like I set see. them all up and walk away. Yeah. Um. Actually, I totally lost where I was going on that, so it doesn't really matter. It happens <laughs> yeah, yeah. after a night of serious drinking. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so that that's a great segue right there, right? So, um, right right before we started talking, I actually watched, uh, um, and I know you got to go here fairly soon, so I'm watching that. Um, I actually watched the video for a serious night of drinking <laughs> and I have, I have two questions about that. The first one is what bar was that in? Cause it looks super fucking familiar to me. And I, I spent a lot of time in LA. So, yeah. So the bar is the, the townhouse speakeasy on Venice beach. Okay. No, not, not the bar. It's I was right on Venice, And it's, uh, it's right next to the beach. And it's um it's an actual old speakeasy from that area. The the prohibition, they mm-hmm. they had it like walled off secret doors, but then they opened it up and peeled it away and found it. So they just kind of fix it up again. And they the guys dress up like that era, like the 1920s, mm-hmm. and they serve old well also mezcal drinks, but old school drinks and mezcal drinks and stuff. God. Very cool place. So I rented it out. It was like eight in the morning. We rented it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing quite like being in a bar at 8 a.m. Yeah, right? no. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Um, yeah, that's funny. I, I haven't spent any time in Venice for a very, very, very long time. But yeah. um, I do spend a, a fair amount of time in L.A., but I, I'm I'm pretty easy. I always stay at the Roosevelt. Yeah, downtown, right? Yeah. Uh, Hollywood, yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, Hollywood. It, it's a 70, the 7,000 block of, of um, Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and one of my favorite bars is just down the street, so I, I usually stay close by. <laughs> and then it's there and the rainbow. Like I kind of yeah, back, back and forth. That's old school. <laughs> I yeah. love the rainbow. <laughs> love it. Um, it. It's it's one of those places where you can just like randomly run into people and you're like, oh, I remember you. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I saw you on TV, you know, 25 yeah, years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. And hey, um, guys. Yeah, like I, I've uh, um, repeatedly run into Don Doc in there. Like he's he's <laughs> he's there like every fucking day. Um, yeah, he just he, he gets a, a bowl of chicken soup to go because he he claims it helps his throat. Yeah, yeah, sure. Well, that's fine. But he has actually put on a concert for you know like ten years. So he's like, yeah, this helps my throat. But really, he goes there you know, to have a few cocktails and smoke a few sure. cigarettes and, you know, before he goes back home. Don Dawkins. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Um, and I didn't recognize him at all when I first met him. I just went over to, like, pet his dog because he has this awesome little, you know, not little, big big white dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this dog is cute. And, petting it. and then he, like, pointed at a poster, like, you know, behind my head you know, he's talking to somebody else and he's like, Oh, that's right. I forgot we we're playing that that whiskey show. <laughs> like, I was like, fuck it's talk. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so yep. yeah. LA is is uh famous for those sort of like just weird encounters. So you're like, Oh yeah. Okay. yeah. Wow. <laughs> Harvey Keitel hiking in Topanga. I saw him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no shit, man. No shit. All right, brother. I know you need to go. Um more to talk about but let's uh let's set up a uh you know in the next couple of months let's set up a a, a you know a round two yeah let's do it. let's okay. set it up and and don't forget this saturday at 8 p.m west coast time there my online show with percussion saxophone should be there pretty nice so do me Eight do time. me a big favor yeah um after this yeah. Just send me uh, um, if there's anything you want to promote or whatnot, like, you know, a textual link to, to anything. Oh, okay. Should uh, I send you the link, uh, the Facebook Live link? It's like a uh, link to the show. I don't, I don't know if it'll be ready by then. Okay. Because I have to edit text. and shit. Just text. Um, and yeah, I like to, I like to show okay. how the sausage is made when I'm making the video. So I won't edit this out. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> um, yeah. So, so anything you want to promote, any links or whatnot and we'll go from there okay that sounds good i'll do that okay hey brother enjoy your rehearsal all right thank you um okay. hopefully it's not too far across town no 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 it's here <laughs> oh that's even better yeah okay wonderful right. to see you again and, and talk hey, likewise and let's uh we'll be in touch okay all right hey thanks omar all right cheers man you. bye okay.